Let's get us started. Let's get us started. Welcome back to the first off, in my opinion, podcast. You know how we do. Tom How y'all doing, my good people? It's your boy Tom Swoop, and we are broadcasting live from Solid Direction Studios in the heart of my basement. How are you doing tonight? We got a good one for you. Man, we got Alicia Nicole in the building tonight. But first off, I just want to let all my people know who are watching on Facebook. Go ahead and share the post. Um, go ahead and put it in your favorite group, favorite page, whatever you need to do. Send it to your friends and messenger. Let's take this to the next level tonight. And all my people watching on YouTube, please subscribe, thumbs up, bell notifications and all that jazz. And we're going to try to keep growing this thing exponentially. But tonight, my special guest is Alicia Nicole. Alicia Nicole, speak to the people. What's up, everybody? It's so good to be here with you this evening. Okay, okay, okay. So I... Go ahead, keep going. I'm listening, I'm listening. I got my popcorn out. I was just going to introduce myself. Go ahead, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead now. Um, so I am a speaker, I'm a writer, um, and I'm also Swoop's cousin. So I'm looking forward to this conversation tonight. Um, I'm ready to get into it. Okay, okay, okay. So... We when we when we talked about doing the show, I've been wanting to get you on here ever since I launched this season, because, you know, when I think of people I just like to talk to and listen to, you know, that small cousin in Georgia just always comes to mind. Always, always. And, you know, what I'm saying I've been watching what you're doing. Um, you're moving your product. Your website is popping. The blogs are dope. And I am just, I'm just grateful that you came on tonight and I, we're going to have a good show. We're going to have a good show. So when you had sent me, you know, we were talking about what we we're going to do tonight. And one of the things that popped up is trust your intuition and just tell everybody a little bit about, um, your, your take on that. So my take on trusting your intuition is really comparable to the old adage go with your first mind mm -hmm. i think that 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 thing that tugs you on the inside is tugging at you for a reason mm -hmm. and typically um i can say specifically from a woman's perspective it's usually very accurate um and it can range from the most small <laughs> detailed things all the way to major life decisions um there's usually something like an internal voice that prompts you and pulls you um as it relates to decisions that you have to wait, make and just moves that, that need to be made. Uh -huh. That intuition really um, speaks volumes and it, it speaks volumes for a reason. Okay. So give me your opinion of intuition, discernment. Um, and then when you, had, you even talked to, you know, a little about consciousness, like when the, the dynamic between are they this are they the same similar different bag of apples all together so i think that i think that the terms can definitely be used interchangeably mm -hmm. i would say um discernment so here's my what i would consider to be the difference i think discernment is your ability to be able to distinctively distinctive distinctively excuse me determine right from wrong good or bad i think that's what discernment is 
I think intuition is a step above discernment um, in that it guides you in how to make decisions. So those subtle nuances um, that you find in between the good and the bad, like the gaps that exist between the good and the bad. So it might not be good necessarily or bad for me to move from one city to another, but there may be, um, again, those subtle nuances that lend themselves to what may be more beneficial than the other. Okay. Okay. Now you wrote a blog. Um, and I just want to read a little excerpt from that blog. Okay. I believe I missed out on, uh, on, uh, excuse me. I believe I missed out on a friendship of a lifetime because I didn't trust my gut instinct. What I have realized is that when you ignore your intuition, you mute and dishonor yourself, invite counterfeits, waste time, energy, effort, and delay your truest blessings. And that's from the blog post, no better blues. And you can catch that on her website. Um, and the link is in the description. Um, so when you, when, and, and it's a whole story behind this, of course, and we want people yeah. to go to the page and read it, <laughs> but tell us a little bit about this excerpt and what it meant to you. Oh man. Um, so the story behind this <laughs> now, now I ain't yeah, gonna tell I was, a lot. I'm about to get on you a little bit, a little bit. You about to get a little, you about to get a bit of a verbal spanking, but go ahead. <laughs> so yeah, the story behind this one is definitely one for the books is I would truly encourage everybody to go read the blog because it was, it was just an experience of a lifetime. Um, but what I will say about that particular quote is that, I knew there was something from the very beginning. So just to give a very brief summary, there was someone who I met that um, of the opposite sex that when we began our relationship, I knew I just wanted to be friends with this person. But it had been so long since I had been in a relationship and he treated me so well that everybody around me was pushing me to, in one way or the other, um, mm-hmm. they were pushing me to... Um, have more than just a friendship with this person. And, you know, a year and a half in, a lot of different experiences, ups, downs, um, our relationship ended. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Yeah, I like how um, you finished that. <laughs> I, I know, I know we're going to get into it, but our relationship ended. And it was very devastating for me because this person um, was very compassionate. They were kind. They were generous. They were loyal. They were, we had similar types of humor. So we were able to enjoy similar things. And so I really felt like I missed out on the ability to have a solid friend because I didn't trust my personal gut. I listened to the voice of others over my own internal voice. Okay. So without giving away the whole blog post, you, you guys, something, something, something was revealed, um, that he in a previous light or life or situation used to date men. Um, first off, in my opinion, when in Georgia, there are some things you have to ask first True. in the state of Georgia, I have been down there for years 
The first time I went there, I, I was they tried me. The, I was in the airport, hadn't even got my luggage yet. And I was already approached. So when in Georgia, there's certain things you have to ask first. Now, with that being said, and this is maybe a little bit off topic, uh, is that a double standard, though? I mean, honestly, because I feel like, guys, if we, if that would have happened to me in reverse, and it was a woman who said, oh, I used to date women back in the day. It's like, we just, oh, okay, and we moved past it. Do you think you couldn't move past it? Or is it something, is it a double standard? What, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's, let's touch just touch it with a finger. <laughs> so, um, I will say in my circumstance, I don't feel like it was a double standard because I have personal preferences and I'm clear about my personal preferences. And but, one of my personal preferences is that I want a man that wants women. Okay. Okay. But the thing is, so, he, I don't, he did at, I mean, at the juncture you were at, you were having fun. You, you know what I'm saying? At that point, he wanted a woman. So it could have been a phase. You see what I'm saying? Like if it happened like back in the day and then, you know, he it was a phase. I tried it out. This is Georgia. This is what they doing down here. You know what I'm saying? Wasn't for me. Um, but now I'm strictly, you know, with women now. But obviously it was more to it for you. Yes, it was definitely more to it for me. Um, I think that um, I can I can see, you know, some people have different, they experiment in different ways. That's just not something that I'm interested in personally. Um, and there are some people, I know a lot of people who date people who experiment in different things that they maybe not weren't interested in, but mm -hmm. they were able to get past it. I just don't want to have to wonder all the time. If, so I'm going to give you a prime example. Go ahead. I remember at one point we were watching, um, we were watching a show a commercial came on a basketball commercial and this was not necessarily somebody who was super into fashion, tennis shoes, whatever, whatever. So this commercial came on, um, and he rewound it like more than once. And so I'm sitting next to him, uh, thinking to myself, okay, is he rewinding this to see the tennis shoes that the guy have on? Like what, what's the purpose of him rewinding this commercial? I, and I, I just couldn't get past that. That was just something that replay over and over in my mind. <laughs> and it's just something that I don't want to have to question. But, you know, it, you know, the episode, I don't know, you watch Insecure. Do you watch? Do you, I do. Okay. So you remember, I think it was like season two or something like that. When, um, why, why can't I pronounce her name? The skinny one. Um, <laughs> what's her name? Uh, you know, this no, the other one, the other one, though the, the African, that one is African. Um, oh, Yvonne. Yeah, uh, Yvonne. her name is Molly in the show. Molly. Okay, yeah. so Molly's dating a guy, and the one, the one skinny, light skinned dude, and and they're having a conversation, and she's like, "Yeah, you know, when I was in college, I experimented with a few guys. I mean, you know, a few girls. You know, nothing too serious." So he was like, "You know, yeah, you know, when I was in college, I did some stuff with a guy. It got weird one night, and she was done." She was dead. like the whole, it just died in her eyes. It was just over with, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I, okay. For one, I'm not going, I'm, I'm really playing devil's advocate. Cause I really do get it. Um, <laughs> but it is, it is like, okay. What if it's the truth? 
What if it really is the truth? And I did some stuff years ago. It, it got weird. And that was it. And I never did it again. I have no. And he just really was rewinding the commercial just to see, you know, hey, what what, what brand of 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 wristbands are those? What if it was just that? That could it, it could have been the case. However, again, that's not something I want to wonder about. I do think that if it's the truth, again, going back to intuition, I think if it's the truth, you know, it's the truth. And you're able to kind of push past that. But from the onset of our relationship, I knew that I only wanted to be friends with this person. Mm -hmm. And so because that was already a barrier that I pushed past when this information was revealed to me about his past, it was at that point where I kind of was just like, I don't know if this is another, not I don't know. I knew this, that that was not another hurdle that I wanted to jump. Mm. I think that if in the beginning it, I was, I felt like this is the truth, that this is something that I want to dive head into, that I have no reservations, then that knowledge would have been something that I would have been much more, um, I would have been much more acceptable mm -hmm. um, to me. And, and I would have pushed past that. Um, but at that point in our relationship, after already knowing this was not really something that I wanted to get into in this way in the first place, mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, 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 no, 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 fam. It ain't going to work now. Now reading mm -hmm. into the blog post a little bit, you said something and I'm actually working on a show to come out in a couple of weeks and it's dealing with this topic. And it's, it's like, it's been a long time for you to date. Like, you know, you're in between dating. Let's say you haven't dated in a few years. And I've done a show called Dating After Divorce. And I think the, the, the show that needs to be done is dating after a long stagnant period. And knowing whether or not you're doing it for the right person. I mean, doing it for the right reason, the right person, the right situation. Um, and then understanding that you it's like a muscle like that you haven't used. And so it's out of shape. And so getting back in shape, cause it's like dating changes. Like it's, it's like, I, I mean, I was married for 13 years and then I started dating girl. Let me tell you how crazy it was. I, I just thought it was the weirdest thing. And it's like, I just had to take time out. So I used to be like, Oh, I need to stop this. Cause I'm doing it all wrong. And so when you take that break, when you take that extended time away from dating, and then you try to date again. You're trying to listen to your intuition. You're trying to let your heart be free. Um, you know, your little partner down there always got something to say. And then your mind, you know, your mind is racing because you got possibilities and endless things that you want to have happen. And then you just haven't done it in a while. So, Talk a little bit about just that space, you know, before you even chose, like, like how you said your friends, everybody, you, the pressure of, Hey, this is the guy versus this has been a minute for me. You know, I, I could, you know, I'm not really that good at this anymore. You know what I'm saying? So like, just talk yeah. about that space. Yeah. So that space is a really vulnerable space. Um, good and word. It's a, good word. It's a, it is one in which you have to be super aware of what you want. Um, I think I think at that point, I had been single for like 
seven years or something like that. Ooh. And is exactly now. <laughs> now, when you say and, single, you gotta you gotta quantify that in twenty twenty one. So that's like single, no serious situationships, not sexually act, sexually active. Like, cause people be like, "Oh, I'm single." Then you meet them, they be like, "Oh yeah, that's my ex." How is that at your ex? And you you just said you've been single for eighteen thousand years. Yeah, so I was single, single. Like, no, we was there was no hookups, there was no we talking, there was no. It wasn't none of that. It was, I was, it was just me mm. for seven years. And, um, I think that at that point, so for me, I had a couple of different things going on. I had been single for so long, but then I was, I'm also a little bit older. What people would classify as being older and being single. Um, I was well into my thirties, mid at that point, mid thirties. And, um, and so at that point, everybody's like, when, when, well, when are you going to get married? When you when you going to have kids? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we want grandkids. We want nieces and nephews and all of this kind of stuff. So you start to feel that pressure, but then you, you feel a little bit apprehensive because it has been so long. And like you said, the dating game has changed so much. It's gone from meeting people organically in person to online dating, mm-hmm. which is um, – and, and I felt – I even felt pressured to <laughs> – experience online dating and it was horrible but that's the story for another day um (laughs) so feeling all of these different pressures like you said you're feeling you know the things that you feel as a human being in your body being single for so long you know you have um for me i i have a set of standards that i would like to implement as it relates to um someone who i partner with in life and so then you you also have Yeah, you also got that going. So there's all these different factors that are, um, that just add a little bit more pressure, a little bit more pressure. Um, and so I think that that, that is probably all of those different pressures that were screaming to me at the same time, um, was probably why I was, um, I was, I was a little bit more easily swayed to press forward into something that I knew I shouldn't have. So one of the things I think for me, you know, when dating is I don't assume like I, I, I sort of fall back and let the friendship develop. And then, cause then my, my thing is I'd rather have a friend at the end of the end of this than somebody I got beef with somebody I see and I'm going the other way. You know what I'm saying? I don't like to apply a whole bunch of pressure and for something that, like you said, could have just been a friendship. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like the world is forcing us to to apply pressure, like you said, from friends, family, age, demographic. You know, oh, I'm getting older. I need to settle down. I need to do this. I need to do that. And you be them force something with somebody that honestly should have just always just been a friend. And I remember... You know, uh, what's that? Sarah Jake's husband, Tor Tor Roberts. What is what is what is his yep. name? Torrey Roberts. Yeah. So his when he did that video a couple years ago on chemistry, and um, you know, you meeting people and you sort of forcing them into roles when really you can satisfy those roles with multiple people. Like you might have great chemistry with a friend, a cousin, a coworker, and then you might have intimate that intimacy. Like I think people be trying to find everything in one person. So it's like 
you're you're forcing something when honestly this person is just your friend, just your like you. I think you said it in the piece, um, companionship. And I feel like people need to understand and normalize companionship is a real thing. It's a realistic goal and it shouldn't be frowned upon. Like people be like, well, I don't, I want a relationship. No, you might just want companionship. There's a difference. And I, that's where I'm at with it. Like you have to be able to, these words that we frown upon, uh, lonely, um, uh, single, um, just wanting a companionship, um, all these words that we like look at people and just attach a stigma to, we, we have to stop. We have to stop it. Just stop it. And I think, listen, I totally agree with you. And I think you just said something really profound. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to say it in a super like general way, just because it's blue doesn't mean it's the sky. So just because you feel an attraction towards a person does not mean that's supposed to be your bed buddy. It does not mean right. that's supposed to be your spouse. It right. does not mean that that's supposed to be, you know, the person you hook up with or whatever. That could mean that's supposed to be your friend. That could mean that's just somebody that's supposed to be your associate. Like we we take these feelings that we experience and we put them in a box. We label them. We automatically label them like, well, because I feel this way about this person, that must mean that I'm supposed to experience this type of relationship with them. And that's not necessarily the case. Mm-hmm. And and a whole nother topic for, I don't know if you ever talked about, is that can men and women really be friends? Because this was somebody who, um, this was a man who I genuinely felt like if we hadn't have crossed that line, we would be rocking and rolling today. Like, really close friends. Now, now do you feel like he, he caught your vibe of... You know, after, you know, he he told you what he told you. Do you feel like he caught your vibe and just was like, yeah, she's not the same. So I'm a fall back from this situation. And then it's like, I'm not even I don't even want to be a friend at this point. Or do you feel like it was just like, oh, yeah, he's just done with it. Or do you feel like you changed a little bit and he caught wind of it and just was like, yeah, this ain't what I want to do. Um, so I think for me. I tried really hard to not let on that I was feeling some sort of way. <laughs> you wearing it on your face. I could tell <laughs> terrible poker player, terrible oh space God. player. Okay. Oh my, oh my God. Um, now I'm an excellent space player, but um, in this particular situation, I had a difficult time holding myself together. Um, but at that point we had built a relationship for probably almost a year. And so I, we had built these really strong uh, bonds, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that point, I just felt like I'm already in. Mm-hmm. So let me let me try to push past this, just like I pushed past the fact that I knew we was only supposed to be friends. I'm like, let me push past this and see what can come from this. Um, mm-hmm. Because, of course, at that point, we had started talking, what do our future look like? Do we want to get married? Do we want to have kids? You know, we, I had already met his family. He was talking about coming um, to meet my family. Like, there was, it had started to get serious at that point. So I was like, man, do I really want to throw all of this investment away because I feel a certain way about his past? And um, we can, we actually continued to be in a relationship for probably almost another year. And I remember at one point, almost a year later, probably 
really close to a year later, um, we were <laughs> we were laying in bed one night, uh-huh. and I literally just said to him out of the blue, I, I asked him, I'm like, do you feel that? And he was like, what? I was like, something is about to change. I had no clue what. I had no clue when. I just felt, again, that intuition rose up on the inside of me and was like, something is about to change in y'all's relationship. Uh-huh. And he was like, yeah, I do feel it. He was like, I started feeling it about a week ago. He was like, I'm not ready to lose you yet. And that was kind of the end of the conversation. But our relationship took a drastic turn about two months after that. Mm. So as of right now, is he somebody you can pick up the phone and and talk to? No. No. Damn it. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate. (sighs) Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I, I have a person like that. And no matter what my efforts were to salvage our friendship, it just, it's, it's unsalvageable. It's, and I really be trying because I do not like to have enemies or anything like that. Like I, that's just not my thing. Um, but yeah, sometimes you just can't save it. That ship is going down. Um, and And it's, it's, it's a really terrible experience when you know the person is a good person. Like right, right. He, le- he was legit super cool. He was down to earth. He was fun to be around. Like, so that was, I think that was the most devastating part for me was not like, Oh man, I'm going through another breakup. It was like, Oh man, I just lost. Um, I just lost a connection with a really cool, legit person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw, I talked about it last week and I was saying like, you know, Friends are really hard to come by, real friends. And it's like some people be like, well, you know, we I've known so-and-so since high school. Like when you get older in your 40s, you ain't no more high school. You know, it'd be tough to find right. those bonding um, type of relationships where you actually develop a real friendship. So when you lose a friend, you know, late in life, it's literally like losing a family member because you like, dang, you know, I can't call Auntie Jessie no more. She gone. You know what I'm saying? And it's... It's real, but you know what? I'm a, I wanted to pivot this into a piece that I heard. And then we're going to, we're going to transition this conversation into something a little bit more. (laughs) So I want you to listen to this piece and then we're going to talk about it afterwards. This is a piece from Jordan Peterson, um, psychologist and just check it out. What's the relative importance of career and motherhood in a typical woman's life? I'm 55, and so, and I've been working with men and women my entire life, and I've watched this. And it's quite obvious. It's like at 19, it's all career. By 30, that's just not the case. It's not the case. I don't, I don't know if I've seen a single woman who I didn't think had a psychological problem who hadn't seriously flipped in their attitude towards the balance of of family and career by the time they were 30. And then you see lots of women who at 40 haven't had kids and perhaps wanted to, and that's not a pleasant situation. I was talking to a woman who is about 39, a professional woman, attractive, well put together, competent, well educated, successful in her profession, unmarried, in a relationship with an older guy, but unmarried, and desperate to have a child. 
She said no one ever talked to her about the fact that she'd actually want to have a family or encouraged her to think about doing that. It was as if it wasn't within the realm of possibility that one of the things that she might have the ambition to do would be to be a mother. And that's just not acceptable. And it was like she woke up in her late 30s and thought, well, the first thing she thought was, this profession of mine is actually nowhere near, near as comprehensively fulfilling as the advertisements claimed, which is something that virtually everyone discovers as they move forward in their professional career. You know, I mean, now <clears throat> that goes on for a few more minutes, but I, I wanted to introduce that to bring back some of the things that you had said um, when you said, you know, you're getting older and you starting to notice that, you know, you want some things out of life that you're not getting. And the narrative of African successful African-American women who, you know, that are career focused. And he, he actually goes on to talk about a few more things, a few more relationship dynamics. And it just brings it for me. I want to get your take on we're programming and it's really, I really feel like it's black women. I feel like we're programming black women to be so successful that they're unmarriable. And it's not because there's a lack of men It's that we've told them that we're programming them to think that they can only marry a certain type of man. Like he has to be more successful, more educated, more for you to even think about him. And so therefore you're getting a lot of women in their thirties and forties who aren't married, who, you know, want to be mothers and want families, but they're convinced there's no men because there's, there, there, there's not men on their level. What's your take on that? That is such a loaded uh ah, That's what we do <laughs> here. That's what do do do. Oh god. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. No, I'm for real. This is serious because you know, you know a lot of professional women and you know a lot of professional probably unmarried women. You work with them. You you know what I'm saying? You you probably counsel them, coach them, whatever. Is there something you're seeing? Is there a trend? Is there any truth to what he's saying? I think there's definitely truth to what he's saying. Um, I, I think that, um, so, God, it's so layered. Um, Pick a piece. Pick a piece. I, I think that women have had, black women in particular, have had to go above and beyond because they have had to. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily because they wanted to, but because there has been in the past, past generations, absence of um, a man who traditionally is the role of a provider and a protector and one who covers and one who supports. Because there's been that absence, um, mom or woman has had to be all of that for herself. So for me, um, an example, I moved um, earlier this year. And when it came time to make all of these decisions that come along with purchasing a house and, um, you know, organizing the move and all of that, it, it, it comes down to me, uh -huh. me and me alone. And so I have to 
step it up in a way that I wouldn't have to if I had a partner. And I think that that's been the experience of the black woman. It's like, okay, there's this uh, glaring gap that if it's not fulfilled in some way, my household is going to suffer. And so I have to, I have to fill this space. So black women have started filling this space, but I think now we're at the place where, okay, we're filling the space and then some, right? So Mm -hmm. now it's like, okay, I am woman, hear me roar. I can do the same things as a man and even more. And I think because we have taken on that mindset that the seed of that was really slavery and poverty, um, it's grown into something that is much more difficult to manage, um, which is far beyond success. I I don't want to say that this is just about success. This is really about, um, this is really about, in some cases, a woman's inability to remain in her lane. Mm. I wasn't going to go there. I wasn't going to touch it with that pole. (laughs) But because, <laughs> you know, I, I don't need the comments, but I do feel like it's it's a it's a, like I have had this conversation with my close friends. Like I know women who make upwards to 200 K and higher a year and they refuse to date a guy who makes like 50. Like they're like, you know what? I'm not doing it. He's not on my level. You know what I'm saying? That's a step backwards. And my whole thing is 200 plus 50 is 250. And if he's a good man, good character, good integrity, you know what I'm saying? Can cover you, can support you, can support your infrastructure as a person. You, you missing out, sis, you, you missing out. And that's where I said, you know, when it goes back to trusting your intuition about the situation are trusting your programming. Cause that's what I really feel like a lot of people are doing. They're trusting programming. They've been programmed to disqualify this man based upon his financial status, not who he is as a man. And that's where I feel like we fail in period. We have good men out here who are just out here walking around. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, they don't make enough money to be your mate. And it's like women want to do what men do, but in this case, they won't do what men do because men will marry a woman who works at the gas station. If she makes them happy. Which is why I said earlier, it's not just about, uh, success in the way that we mm-hmm. view success, which is really, um, career wise. It's not just about money. It's about partnership is what I'm talking about. And I think that um, because women have had to do carry the load by themselves for so long, it is difficult for them to accept, for us to accept partnership. Mm-hmm. I can even say that for myself, being the age and stage of life that I am. Um, it's not about the money. Now, do I want somebody who um, has um, um, industry, you know, they're industrious, they you know, have the determination and the perseverance that's needed. Um, I remember there's an episode of A Different World where um, Whitley's mother was, you know, down on Dwayne because he didn't have any money. He was broke. But she was talking about how she her, her rebuttal was he's industrious, he's creative, he's a genius, he's intelligent. And a man like that will never be broke. So when you're able to, to, to see beyond the dollar sign, 
into what partnership truly is, um, then again, going back to what I said earlier, you have to have a level of awareness, first of all, of what you want mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as an individual in partnership and what you're willing to bring to the table. And if you're not willing to allow someone to come alongside of you and be a partner, you want a partner, but you don't allow someone to be a partner. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about money. Um, you're not allowing someone to come alongside and be a partner. Then, yes, unfortunately, you will find yourself either single or unhappy. So I remember a couple years ago, I'm not going to say this person's name on air, but she had said something to me. Um, she was just like, she was going back and forth with a guy who, um, you know, didn't make as much as she did. It was, it was sorting to be a problem because he, so he would try to do stuff for her, but it would be at his level. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, she thought it was cute at first, but then it just, it became like a problem. And she was just like, and then even the decision-making because he couldn't, let's say, take her on a trip she would normally go on. Um, it became a, a divisive thing. And she was like, Tom, sometimes I wish he would just be a man and hit me over the head, throw me over his shoulder and, and take me and just make me shut up, you know, about it. And so is it, is it manhood? Like, okay. So what does it take to lead a household? Cause I don't, I don't feel like it's money. I feel it's leadership. Um, I don't feel like, it's masculinity to a certain extent. I just feel like it's just leadership skills. Do you agree or disagree? I 1000% agree, but okay. a lot of people don't know what leadership is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I feel like that's another whole show. Like what is leadership? You know, you could be the person that's rah, rah, rah. We're going to go here. And then, you know, you have a bad plan. You're a bad leader. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, and, and, you know, a lot, you know, something, and, you know, your dad, my uncle, <laughs> your dad, my uncle is like, for, for me, he's like one of those people that I always look to as like that guy to me, because he's not a big, tall, Hey, y'all need to follow me or else he's a, Hey, listen here, this is what we should do. You know, and I've always just looked up to him for that. You know what I'm saying? And I even said it at his birthday party. I, me- I remember I said the phrase, like, everything big ain't bad. You know what I'm saying? And he he's just like one of those people that's always been, his, his decision-making has just been paramount for me. And I feel like we got this, we, we, we're, we're programming these women and these guys to pick mates on, on, on not leadership, we're not picking people on integrity. We're not picking people on character. We are really operating in a real carnal, fleshy way. And it is backfiring on us every time. You got the most educated people right. with the most trained wreck relationship histories in the world. And, and we're never going to get anywhere as a people if we can't mate properly pick each other properly you know what i'm saying it's it's really frustrating to me really frustrating and let me get your opinion on just 
you're you're a young and when you talk about getting older, girl, I was like I was ready to just hit the mute button again. Um, you're a young, beautiful, intelligent woman. What are you really looking for right now at in this point in your life? Um, as it relates to a partner? Yes, as a partner. Yep. Yeah, as it relates to a partner. I'm just looking at looking for someone who um, can cover me. Mm. I'm looking for, and cover can mean a lot of different it things, do. a lot of yes, different it, things. Yes. But I think cover for me is like make somebody who has my back, somebody who makes sure that I'm good, somebody who makes sure that our house and our businesses and the legacy that we're planning to leave behind is good. Um, I want someone who has foresight, someone who's not solely focused on the moment and what's happening right now. I want someone who has the ability to look into the future and determine like, Hey, this is what I want. This is where I see us in five years, 10 years. These are the things that I see us accomplishing. Um, I want someone who is again, that were industrious, meaning that they have the, they have the grit that is necessary to make things happen. Mm -hmm. Um, Someone who's willing to do whatever it takes to make sure that, we are good. It, you know, they, there's someone who has transitioned from me to we. Um, and, and I am the priority. I'm one of the priorities in that we. Um, I'm looking for somebody who has depth, you know, somebody who um, has a broad range of knowledge and understanding and experiences. Um, or maybe they don't have a broad range of experiences, but they're open to trying new things. So, um, so and, let me, hold on, and, hold on. So right now mm-hmm. we're at a Navy SEAL who's also a librarian, a librarian who um, um, also was a civil rights leader. Keep going. Yep. Listen, you asked me what I was looking for. Okay, so I'm just giving you what I'm looking for. <laughs> I think, okay, if I had to sum it up, if I had to sum it up, a mm-hmm. short list. Um, I would say somebody who respects themselves, respects me, someone mm-hmm. who loves God. That's important to me. Um, and because they love God, they love me well. If that That's really, if I had to boil it down, some of those other things we can work on that I'm flexible on. But I definitely, at this age and stage of life, because I've been single for so long, I'm just looking for somebody that I can enjoy life with and someone who's intentional about building something with me and leaving a legacy with me. So, if you listen to the show, I've, I've talked about this before, and I talk about Arlington Church of God. I never say Arlington, but I remember being young in that church, and I remember seeing that row of beautiful women that were single, and now that row is old women that are single. What are you willing to do? Because like, I really feel like, Another programming piece is, you know, wait on the man where I feel like some women are like, nope, I'm being aggressive. I'm getting out here. I'm putting myself in the path of, you know, Leroy Johnson. He is the one, you know what I'm saying? So how aggressive do you feel like you need to be to make this happen? Or do you feel like I'm just going to sit back and if it happened, it happened. If it don't, it don't. How, how aggressive do you feel like you need to be? in 2022 because that's what we about to go into my 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 well i think 
Yeah, because it, it's, um, it's, it's, you know, this is this is a real question. Yeah, I think that it goes back to what you mentioned earlier. Dating has changed. Mm-hmm. And so I think dating has changed, but the people who want to date haven't changed. We have not made the pivot that is necessary um, because back in the day, there was a lot of in-person, in-person um, you know, activity and connections. You could really meet people in more organic ways. Um, and it was that traditional mindset of the man is the pursuer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we're in a different day and age. Um, now, I will say for myself, I still want how your relationship starts is a lot of, is very indicative of how it will end. And so I want a man who we talked about leadership. I want a man who can lead me in my household. And so if you, for whatever reason, um, don't have what it takes to initiate, you know, conversation with me, I'm not really sure if you have what it takes to lead me in my, in our household. Um, but, I think that for me, what I'm willing to do is I'm just willing to make myself more present. Okay. Um, you know, for a long time, I, um, you know, I like to hang out, so I don't mind going out or anything like that, but I'm definitely not somebody who traditionally would, you know, engage in any type of way with someone who I may find interest in. I would wait for them to pursue me. Now, I'm not saying that I would go up to them and ask for their number or anything like that, but I probably would start a conversation at this point in time. And I think that for me, that has just come with a level of awareness as well as growing my confidence. Uh Because a lot of times I think we look at people who we would consider to be nice looking people and we assume that they have confidence. And that's not always the case. Uh Now, and so I, well, let me ask you this question. So, are you buying that short little dress, putting on that red lipstick, going out, you know, hey, my name's Alicia. You have a nice smile. You know, and are are you taking those type of steps? Or are you like how aggressive do you feel like I guess like how far are you willing to go? If I'm going out somewhere, I'm definitely getting put together. Okay, um, okay, that, sis. Just... Okay, <laughs> okay. I'm definitely putting something on. You know what I'm saying? He gonna see me. I feel you. That's just who I am. That's just who I am. <laughs> I'm not getting ready to step out in public unless I'm going somewhere like with my family and friends that's more laid back and casual. If I'm going out where I know, you know, hey, there there could be some prospects here. I'm definitely going to put myself together. So, yes, that is I, I feel like that that's that's something that's very basic. It's something that's very fundamental is that making sure that you look um, appropriate, that that you look appropriate, that you look like yourself, that you look like you take pride in who you are and the life that you live. Now, how receptive are you? And that's a big word that I hear a lot of guys trying to say but they don't know what it is like receptive and proactive in the dating process so like not only are you saying oh yeah i don't mind going to go get coffee but you're also saying hey you want to go walk in the park on thursday you know what i'm saying so like it's a it's a 
it's a proactive mutual combination combo thing that's going on. Are you, or are you just a reactive person until you get to a certain point? Um, I would for myself definitely say I'm probably more reactive until I get to a certain point. And mm. then, um, I will, um, if I'm interested, I will reciprocate. Okay. So for me, reciprocity is dependent on my in, my level of interest. So if you're um, extremely if interested, care, you're, you know, you if he cooked dinner on Friday, you make him breakfast on Saturday morning. No, that's what you're saying. No, yeah. absolutely. Okay. If I am interested, I'm definitely. Okay. I'm, go, I'm all in. Okay. Okay. Now, I just, I, me personally, I feel like a lot of good women are, you know, really need to be a little bit more aggressive just simply because it's a numbers game at this point in the party. And there's like, put it like this. If, if you got Jim Joe right here and you got nine or 10 women chasing after Jim Joe, but he chasing after you, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of. The numbers, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's trying to focus on you, but he does have, like, nine or ten people chasing after him. But he's trying to focus on you, and then you're the one that's sort of, like, being real, well, you know, well, I got to do this Monday, too, so maybe we can do something next Tuesday. Maybe the 20, you know, maybe the 32nd we can hook up and maybe get coffee. And you're like, what? Hmm? And there it, it falls. Like, that, how do you, how soon... Do you think allocating time for a specific person matters? How do you know that? Again, I think it just depends on the person. Some people, I, so I watch a show called Married at First Sight. Yes, I don't know love if you it. it. Yes, I, I was on the first okay. season. No, I wasn't. You, you no, were on the first season? No, but, <laughs> no, but listen, I, I, I do a lot of coaching. When I coach some people about relationships, I use that show the first season as a tool. Because there were a lot of relationship dynamics in that first season that really are paramount. I mean, they're huge. Like, that girl cried. That girl screamed. She was just like, oh, my gosh. You thought she was marrying Frankenstein. And by the end of the season, they was the most bonded couple. They're still together to this day. Kids running around. Mm -hmm. And everybody else. I think everybody else in in that first season broke up. And I, that's why I said I use that show as a tool and I use it as because the guy that she ended up with was the guy she needed, not the guy she wanted. Yeah. yeah. That was the guy she needed. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And sometimes we, we be wanting way, we don't be, we don't even know what we want. And listen, she got exactly what she needed and their relationship flourished. So, Sometimes our decision-making is just trash. Let's just keep it a honey. Our decision-making is trash. So sometimes, like, and that's why I wanted to do this show when you was talking about trust your intuition, you know, and then I'd be like, I'd be thinking people program because popular culture, social media, everything is programming you to make a bad decision. <laughs> everything is programming you to make a bad decision. And yeah. we have to make better decisions 
when it comes to the this these relationships. These are the foundations of building blocks for the next generation. These are the most important things yeah. we are going to do as a people, as as people, period, humans, is pick who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. Or if not, even if you're not, you know what I'm saying? Either or, but it's just so important. I feel like everything from TV, social media, everything is forcing you to make a a bad decision. Yeah, I think that I think that it goes back to your awareness, right? So that that couple that you're that you mentioned in the first season of Married at First Sight, um, I think that in the beginning she may not have necessarily been completely aware of who she was and what she needed mm-hmm. and how that man met what she needed. But clearly there was something on the inside of her that told her to keep going, bringing it back to intuition. There was something, if it wasn't, she would have ended the relationship, but there had to be something on the inside of her as well as well, you know they, and people around her. Well, you know, they pulled her to the huh? side. They pulled her to the side. I watched the behind the scenes. They pulled her to the side and pulled that contract out. It was like, look, you either do this or you owe us. <laughs> and uh, wow. she, she, she ended up doing it. And I, and you right, you right. It was, as, but at a certain point she was like, hold on, I'm getting something from him that I wasn't getting before. I'm feeling something from him that I wasn't feeling before. This is going in a place and I think it was when they went back to her hometown and she had relived, she had relived like some traumatic memories. And that's when the whole thing shifted because how he, he nurtured her during that period. He, he showed why he was there and she believed it. And I think that's the, the whole key to this whole dating thing and getting to, it's like once a person shows you something and then you're able to believe it because their actions back it up now you can actually move forward in this thing because you both believe in each other. Um, okay, yeah, that's that's my my little spill on that. That's it. That's yeah. it. No, I think that's real, but I think too it goes back to, like you said, that I didn't know that that happened with them pulling out that contract. But what I was getting ready to say was that whatever your whatever that internal voice is, there's usually things and people around you mm-hmm. they're either speaking contrary to what you're hearing on the inside or they're speaking in alignment with what you're hearing um internally and they're probably for that couple there was probably something happening on the outside externally that aligned with what she was feeling internally um outside of her emotions because your emotions are your emotions will lead you astray right yeah. So we saw her on the floor. She was a hot mess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, falling out, acting like a small child on national television. Um, really embarrassing. I was embarrassed for her. But all these years later, they're still together, and they they seemingly have a very um, a very healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think that you again, you have to be aware of what you're looking for, what who, who you are, what's best for you, what's going to be suitable for you, and what you're looking for. And then you have to be prepared to to listen to um, what you're what 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 you're saying inside yourself, like your inner voice. For yeah. some people, that might be God. For other people, they may feel like that's their conscious, their intuition, or whatever. But you have to really pay attention to that. Um, and I think that 
like you said, I think that a lot of women, people in general, not just women at all, people in general are being, we're not being groomed in a way that will lead us into successful relationship in general, not just romantic relationship, mm-hmm. but just even healthy friendships. Mm-hmm. healthy family relationships like we're just not being groomed in a way that lends itself to how life really goes like we get all this advice we watch these shows you mentioned insecure earlier we watch all these different shows and we get all these different messages that really groom our minds to um really the end result of what those messages groom us um the direction those messages groom us in is really isolation mm-hmm um, and, and you talked about the term loneliness. It, it really grooms us to be lonely people because relationship is not easy from romantic relationships to family relationships to friendships. It's not easy. It requires effort. It requires work. It requires intentionality. And if you're not willing to compromise and sacrifice some things, you're not going to have a healthy relationship. And that's just the end all be all to it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Look, we're going to have to do this again. We're going to have to, you know, we, this is part one. This is part one. We definitely gonna have to get you back on the show. I really appreciate you coming on tonight. Um, and Hey, for everybody who's listening, if you want to get some more of her content, please head over to Alicia Nicole, N I K O L at the end of that.com or follow her on Instagram at Nicole underscore Alicia. And yeah, she got some dope blog posts on her website that I'm telling you will make your mind shift. Um, and anything you want to say to the people before we get out of here? No, just, you know, thanks for listening. Um, we appreciate y'all tuning in. I look forward to connecting with y'all possibly in the future. And yeah, check out some of the blogs there. Um, I share some of my, my stories and this one, No Better Blues a good one it's a good one y'all it's a good one so check it out once again this is first off in my opinion this is tom swoop and i'm out